Hi, it's Annette with Care of the Load, and I've got Annie Smith here again. I just want to um, thank her for joining us once again. And, hey, guys. And <laughs> it's been so fun as we've got to know each other, and we realize we have so much to talk about. Annie, do you want to just share a little bit more about yourself with, with our, our guests here today? Yes, I would love to, and thank you. I love joining forces with you, and this has been just just amazing connecting with you. So I am the, the founder and CEO of a, a nonprofit called Hashtag Fly. And we work with women who've experienced trauma. We work to reconnect their, their mind to their body because sometimes there can be a disconnect in the mind and body when trauma happens. And we work to reconnect that and help women recognize who they are. So that's, that's our main goal. You know, I, I, and I love the name. Tell us how you came up with hashtag fly. Ooh, I'd love to. So I am a photographer and I had just done a session and it was probably 12, one in the morning, something like that. And I was scrolling in between Photoshop and Facebook going back and forth and just kind of getting sidetracked and I switched over to Facebook and I was scrolling and I saw this quote and I will tell you that before this, I did not, I was not moved by quotes. In fact, if you posted them, I thought, Oh, you're weird. Like I just <laughs> they didn't resonate with me. This quote, it was, what if I fall? Oh, my darling, what if you fly? So at this point I was oh, a single man. mom to three kids living in my brother's basement. And I just, I saw that and I just thought, Oh, Oh my goodness. What if I could fly? What if I could fly and I just, my palms got sweaty and I just imagined these wings like growing out of my back, just me soaring and flying. And I just cried. I just cried in that little basement. I just, I just was like, I, what if, what, what if I could be more than this sad, broken person? So anyway, I started doing things that like promoted growth and tagging them with the hashtag fly, just silently documenting them to myself. So when I did end up starting a nonprofit and I was looking for a name, I just thought, you know what? Hashtag fly. That's what it is. I want these women to fly. <laughs> oh, I love that. I knew there was meaning behind that name yeah. and I had no idea what it was, but <laughs> wow. I, there is so much meaning that I think that a lot of us um, have found in our healing with different things that we connect with. And just like, you know, your hashtag fly for, for me, it was, you know, the Karens, those rock Karens that have been placed along those trails in my journeys that helped me to know that I was, I was on the right path because I felt lost. I felt alone. I didn't know if anyone had ever been there before me. And so it, it really became a symbol to me of, of that hope and encouragement that, you know what, I can do this and I'm not alone and someone has survived. So when you put that together and you put the thoughts and the feelings and the dreams of flying and becoming more than, than that sad weighed down person um, exactly. that, that I felt like it, it's amazing because I don't think you and I were alone in feeling, um, way down that we were we couldn't fly that we couldn't dream because what we had dreamt before and had for ourselves those things just weren't happening mm -hmm. and, and so i love that um 
it was Annie and I were talking a little bit after our last episode, there was a phrase at the very end that she shared with us about understanding your depths of the of your pain, something similar to that. Yeah. And that resonated with, with me because friends, we do understand, you know, our experiences have been different, but that pain is real and it resonates with all of us. And so as we were chatting, we wanted to talk a little bit more about that understanding, that grieving process of grieving in our own lives and how do we heal and what are some of those steps in, in our healing um, that, that will allow you to implement and that will help hopefully give you that roadmap a little bit and help you to fly. So Annie, do you want to share a little bit more about maybe some of the processes and those first steps in your, your grieving? Yeah. Well, what, what I found now I've experienced many different types of trauma. I've experienced child, um, childhood sexual abuse. I've experienced um, domestic violence and I've experienced betrayal trauma. So while they're all separate types of trauma, the process of grieving through them is the same. And that's what I've I've realized. And so I, I cannot say I know what you've been through if, if I haven't been through exactly what you have, right? Let's, let's say child loss, right? Like specific. I, I can't tell you, I know what it feels like, but I can tell you that my pain has, has dug so deep into me that I can probably grieve with you and I can sit with you in your pain and I can know the depths of your pain. Right. You know, you can, and I know that. And I think that if we look at the gifts of our pain and our grieving, that's one of them that you understand and you can have that empathy. And I, I think for me, and I, I know for you, it's because of that, mm-hmm. that hashtag fly and your nonprofit and care of the load have been born. It's because of that grief and the understanding. And you're exactly right when you talk about that process of losing a child and grieving and that of childhood, you know, sexual trauma, grieving. Yeah. Yeah. I've had them both. Yeah. And it is the same process. Mm-hmm. There's different feelings, but it's the same process. Right. And it all starts off with denial. Like, oh, for this, sure. This is, this is not, ha- this is not happening. This is not my life that like I'm dreaming. Somebody please wake me up from this nightmare. Like this is awful. I'm in denial you know, how many of us do that? And, and it's just, it's the very first thing it's, 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 we don't, we don't want to face it. We don't want to accept it. And it's, it's, uh, it is painful, um, which then leads to anger. You know, I'm so right. mad. Cause it's like, okay, we, we figured this out that this is our life. We're not waking up, but gosh dang it. I'm so mad that I had to go through this. I'm so mad that this is happening to somebody that I love, to me, to the, you know, and, and releasing that anger. Did you, did you experience anger? Do you remember that? Anger and anger in ways that I had never felt before. Yeah. Whether it was angry with myself, because obviously it must've been my fault. 
I did mm-hmm. something wrong, you know, all these things that are so not right and that distorted yeah. thinking or I, you know, I could have done something different, but that anger, oh, and I, I used to um, look at myself and the trauma and, and my healing process. And, and I swear, I said this so many times, I am so grateful. I'm not angry. Mm-hmm. The reality was I was so angry. I so, <laughs> yeah, we're similar in that because I went to therapy for, for a whole year and, uh, and, and continue it. Right. But, but initially my therapist said, Annie, have you ever gotten angry at your ex-husband for what he did? He was unfaithful to you and he was not respectful to you and abused you. Right. And I, I was like, no, because that's not healthy. It's, it and it is not, exactly. and it's not Christ-like, right? So my higher power, I believe in, in God and I believe in, in my savior, Jesus Christ. Okay. That's, that's kind of like my, um, right. my makeup of, of my beliefs. So I, I was like, I, I want to be like Jesus Christ. So no, I do not want to get angry. And he was like, Annie, you need to get angry. And I started to get nervous because I was like, I don't know what to do with those feelings. Did you, oh, <laughs> is that the same I, thing? I, exactly. Because then <laughs> yeah. that would be bad because I, yes. I had those same beliefs. And mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be angry and you're supposed to forgive and you're supposed to, you know, all these should haves. Well, we got to get rid of the shoulds. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, I don't want to, f- I, I was scared if I got angry, I would feel shame. I'm a oh, bad sure. person because I'm angry. Yeah. And will that anger ever go away if I yes. let it? Oh, it's such a up? dangerous place. I stayed away from that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that volcano. And I, I knew it was bubbling up. Uh-huh. But what would I do? And I honestly didn't, I didn't trust myself that I would ever come back. Yeah. I, I was so scared I'd get stuck in it. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, fr- a therapist tell me, I want you to go, you know, hit this pillow and scream and do all this stuff. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it in front of her. I couldn't do it alone. It was a process that was frightening. But to just even recognize and admit to myself that I had anger yeah. was huge. And I had to face it. Yes. We, I mean, we all, it's part of it. You have to, uh, otherwise you can't move on to the next part of the grieving cycle. You can't. So my, my therapist was wise. He, I, I enjoyed running at this point in my life. And he was like, I need you to run through your anger. I need you to think about all the things that make you angry about it. And you need to run, hit the pavement. And I did. And I, that's how I was able to process through all of this is, is all of the anger at least because I, I would run and I would hit the ground and, or I was on my treadmill and I would have to like lift myself up and, and put my legs on the, my feet on the side and just cry and weep right. and, and get, and scream and yell. And, and, you know, it's powerful. <laughs> it really is. And, you know, your therapist was wise when he talked. I love that visual of running through the anger because there, there are studies and there's healing that, talks about that bilateral movement and the healing that takes place is we're, we're moving the bilateral with our brain, you know, and it, and that it's, it's real, it works. And so friends, if 
you're stuck, get out and move. You know, yes. whether running through it or walking through it, you have to. And the other interesting thing I've learned is, you know, that anger might not be the first step. That these steps of grieving all happen, but they happen differently for all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So here you are on your treadmill or you're out running through this anger. I mean, did it just go away one time? Or was no, it no, it, it, it didn't linger for, for long because the more that I ran, the more that I processed through it and screamed and yelled and, and all of that, getting, getting it out of my body, it literally was getting it out. And so I, I think honestly, maybe a week, it was not long, you know, um, but I, I went, I went straight into what could I have done different? And this is, this is part of it. Actually, the, they call it the bargaining step of (laughs) that was the thing I was thinking. Yeah. Like what what could I have done different? What if I would have not married him? What if I would have told somebody sooner about my child, you know, abuse? What, what, what if I, what if I would have done this? What if I would have not had kids with him? What if I would have more kids with him? What if I would have been skinnier? All of these things went through my mind of the what ifs. And that bargaining, boy, we do it. And we're great bargainers, you know? And the thing is, it wouldn't have made a difference. Nope. And, And it takes a long, long time. And, You know, when we think about our childhood things, you know, how do I can look at it with my logical mind and I can look at any other little girl and think, well, of course, it's not their fault. Of course, you know, there's no possible Mm -hmm. way. But for some reason, in my mind, I should have had more control. It should, you know, there was something I did wrong. But then when, you know, and then when we were talking about this bargaining, this what ifs, even with my son, you know what? I couldn't fix a brain tumor, mm-hmm. but why did I bargain? Mm-hmm. It was almost as if I thought I could, you know, and I was trying to bargain all these things in the grief process and it just doesn't work, but it's something we all go through. Yeah. I I had to also learn to forgive myself for something. I realized this actually yesterday. Um, I needed to forgive myself for believing in my marriage so deeply for believing in my previous husband so deeply. I believed and I saw somebody amazing in him. That's why I stayed for so long. All, all the time people are like, how did you stay? You stayed nine years. Why did you stay? Cause he was, he wasn't awesome to me the entire time towards the end. The last few years were the worst of it, but he wasn't awesome to me the entire time. And I just, you know, I believed so deeply in the, in the success of our marriage and in the success of him that I could not let that go. So I needed to forgive myself because I thought, is it my fault? Cause I was blinded or, or pushed away and dismissed everything, you know? And so I, I hated myself for that. I hated myself for seeing somebody in God's eyes, <laughs> you know, I, I understand that need to forgive ourselves mm-hmm. and, and forgive ourselves. I think when you're, we're a little hard on ourselves too. I, yes. I, I know you are. 
Yeah. And, and really, you know, it's kind of that distorted thinking sort of way of, of believing as well, but you believed in someone so deeply mm-hmm. in what you saw the potential of who they could be. Yes. But not who they had proven to be. And proven and to you. You know, often, it, I think it's Dr. Lara over and over, you know, you knew who they were before you married. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think if I, I mean, I'm assuming that he probably didn't treat you no, possibly no. while you were dating. No, he didn't. <laughs> but, you know, you had that hope that things would change. But also, let's give yourself a little bit of a break that because of your trauma in your childhood, I don't think we think we're worth, you know, someone treating us the way. Yeah, I always explain, like, I was comfortable with the way that he treated me because that's how I treated myself. Mm. And I I dated people that treated me amazing. I dated, in fact, right before my um, choosing to marry my husband, there was a guy right before him. And I just thought, he's too nice. He's too nice to me. How is that possible? Because we don't feel worthy, because we don't feel like we have that value within us because of the shame of what happened to us. Mm -hmm. And it's so not correct. No, Um, yeah. It's such a skewed reality that we have. It is that skewed. Totally believe. Yeah. And so it affects us in a way that it wouldn't affect other people because they don't have if you haven't had that type of a trauma as a young child, I think that we have our parameters and how we see ourselves is very different, mm-hmm. um, which helps us. And I think the other thing, when you talk about, you know, how could that happen? You had somebody that treated you amazingly. Well, when you don't believe that in yourself and um, it's uncomfortable, yeah. it's uncomfortable to have that. That's not, that's not a normal feeling and that makes it uncomfortable. And so when you're here with somebody who treats you less than that's more because that's what you believed in yourself at the time. Well, and here's the thing too. So um, I, I was married to a narcissist and I don't use that term lightly, but um, he hooked me right away. Oh yeah. He did grand gestures, big amazing, made me feel amazing, uh, you know, gestures. And he hooked me. And once I was hooked, nothing, it all went away. It didn't matter. So, and, and I feel like my personality and, and somebody that has endured the abuse that I had as as a child with the beliefs that I had, they get sucked into narcissists very easily. And so it, when I look back, I think, okay, it wasn't my fault. No, I, I, I was just, you know, following my heart in a way that I thought was right, pure and, and right. And, you know, while, while knowing he's not treating me right, but remember all of those great things that he did before he's that person, remember? And so it's but, like, he's going to get back to that person. I don't know. Yeah, so. I think we would run. I don't care what's happened to us. If someone treated us from the very beginning, 
you know, with that narcissism and being not nice and being mean, we would have run. Yeah. But because they show us this, you know, they entice us. You know, it's kind of like the candy, you know, when the stranger danger with our children, you know, don't. So what if they have candy and they're saying, come over to the car? Mm-hmm. Well, they're being nice. No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't see that. They see the candy. They're and being tricky. <laughs> they're being tricky. And mm-hmm. we're smart enough to see that, you know what? If they wouldn't have been and, and treated us nice from the beginning, mm-hmm. I don't think we would have fallen. You would have yeah. fallen for that. Gratefully for me, I was protected in that. And and mm-hmm. I don't know why or how other than God loves me. In a, it, not that he doesn't love you, right. but he knew that I could not handle one more. Yes. Yeah. One more thing. And, yeah. and so that's one thing, you know, none of us can, can compare our challenges and our trauma. We've all had our own and they all mm-hmm. affect us. Yeah. And it doesn't mean one of ours is, you know, you know, worse than the other or however we, there's no judging. There's no qualifying. There's no rating. We all still feel and hurt and, and there's things that we need to heal from. So, mm-hmm. man, I, I understand what you're feeling, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about that bargaining a little more. Yeah. I mean, why, why do we go to bargaining? Do you think? Well, I mean, part of us wants control over the situation or how do I, how do I not do this again? How do I not do this again? So I'm going to think of all the different ways that I could have prevented this if I were on my feet, on my toes, you know, and I don't know. It's exhausting to think about all the different things that you could have done differently to, to either prevent, make it not as bad, not as, you know, hurt as, hurt as deep, all of those things. But I don't know, man, it's, (laughs) it is hard and it's, and, but that's back to control. We don't have control. No, and some things, you know, that's possibly, you know, when we, you talk about needing to forgive yourself, well, I don't, you know, that's something you needed to do for yourself, but you couldn't have controlled it, but you know, you were trying to make it right. You were trying to make it better. And then I think when we have children, then that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, and how we do it. And on one hand, it may have um, led you to stay longer and on the other hand, it may have been the gift you needed to help you to get out because you mm-hmm. didn't want them to have that experience or to see that. And you wanted them to be treated better when they were yes. yeah. in a relationship and, and you didn't want them to mirror what you went through. Exactly. Yeah. So I. And going back to the control thing, too, I've learned like I obviously we cannot control what, what comes our way. We can't control what we go through, what, you know, what happens to us, but we can control, we do have control over how we respond to these situations. And so I, that's seems simple, you know, a simple concept. All of these are simple concepts, but in the moment for for whatever reason, they are magnified and, and are difficult. So that's something that I have to remind myself all of the time is I, I can't control that these things happen to me. But you know what I can't control? What happens now? 
Exactly. Um, well, let's talk about what's happening in all of our lives right now. Globally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of us have control yeah. over this right. pandemic and this virus. But we can, just like you're saying, we can control how we act, how we um, react. You know, are we doing mm-hmm. those things that will protect us and our family? And are we, I've, I've decided, because I've struggled with this a little bit. I've struggled with the social distancing and the disconnect for me, because that is such a, a tool I use in, in my healing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, the other day, as I was just in my quiet time and meditation and prayer and trying to think, how can I do things differently? I don't know how long this is going to go on. Mm-hmm. I have no control, but I need to change some things within me because I don't want to go on like this and feeling that uneasiness and that fear. And so I decided if I changed my, my way of thinking, could I start to see this as a gift? Mm-hmm. Can I start to see this as instead of being punished or, you know, frustrated because I can't do things like I, I want to do or control them. How can I look at this differently? And what can I gain gain from this? And how can I, you know, bless someone else's life in a different way? And it has made such a difference. Just in a couple days of me changing how I'm looking at this and that mind shift of, you know, there is a, there is a positive, there is a gift. You know, we've all been forced to slow down. If we mm-hmm. allow it, it's, it's a time to heal. You know, that's, the frustrating part is that it has brought up more things for me that I needed to, to face and to deal and to look at. Face isn't the right word, but sometimes I just want to yeah. bury my head in the sand. But when I have, since I've slowed down, I've needed to look. Yeah. You're and more in tune with what you need. Yeah. yeah. And so really here's this thing that I at first was not, you know, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. But really, as I've changed, I'm I'm starting to become grateful, and having this shift of of instead of the frustration, the gratitude. Yeah, I feel the same way. I so I I for my um, job, not only am I the CEO of Hashtag Fly, um, and but I do hair and makeup and photography. And as this pandemic, this virus has spread throughout the world, right? Um, I'm no longer taking clients. So I've essentially lost my job and I could sit in stress and I could sit and, and be angry and frustrated and confused and, and all of that. But it has been so long since I've had the opportunity to be at home and present 100% present on my, like with my children. So I have had the opportunity to school them and to, be present in a way that they have been longing and it has been so wonderful for us to have this time together and just reminded me of what is most important is work important. You bet. Yes, of course it's important, but so is time with my children. So I, I really, I loved that. And I feel like when we look at our, the situations of our life, 
and the things that we've experienced in that way of, okay, this happened. So I've had to shift my mindset because if I think for one second that God had me go through this on purpose, then I don't feel good about that. But so what I've learned is my God, my higher power exists to help me through what I will experience. He knew this was going to happen. He knew these things were going to happen. So he blessed me with characteristics, with the skill set needed to find my way out and to grow from these things. So I love that. You, you put my feelings in a way that um, were beautiful and beautifully said that I can, can relate to because I couldn't survive and wouldn't survive if I felt like he caused this, that my God caused this. Mm-hmm. But just like you, I feel like he's blessed me with the characteristics, with the tools, with people in my life. Mm-hmm. that have helped me to heal. Yes. And and now with because of that grieving process and because of how it's refined me um a love for people and a love for others that I can't sit by. I can't sit by and see someone suffer when I know that something I can share whether it's a smile whether it's a podcast or for you, whether it's a picture um, that changes their world and gives them hope that, that they need. And um, cause without hope, I don't know how any of us survive. Yeah. So I love that. One of the things too, when you talk about the changes and, and the being present with your children I hope there are things that we all learned from this situation and this pandemic that we will never lose sight of, mm-hmm. that we'll never lose sight of the need to be present, the need you know, to do certain things and that we'll do things differently, that we just don't rush back to the old patterns. Yeah, we- I, I, I joke that it's like God looks over the world and he's like, ah, nope, you guys are getting way too off track. So, you know. Let's shake it up a bit. And now do I think God placed this thing here? No, he knew it was going to happen. But, you know, it's kind of this, this a, a lighthearted um, way to look at it of like, I hope we don't turn out. I, I hope that the world learns from this. I hope that we learn from this. And, and, and yeah. exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I love that. What are some, let's, you know, this is the grieving steps might turn into two episodes just in themselves, but let's talk about <laughs> Well, okay. Well, the we next one is her. depression. Oh. Yep. And we'll just go ahead and add anxiety onto that depression and anxiety. Like <laughs> it just happens. And so depression during the grieving process is very di- different than clinical depression. It's a situational depression that your body is so overwhelmed with how many, um, endorphins and chemicals that it's had to release to you to just keep you up and going that it's just like oh I'm tired and I'm I can't I can't do this exhausted right I'm exhausted yeah and so staying in bed is all you can do that day and uh crying all day and just being sad 
But if you push yourself too hard during this time and you don't allow for this to just work through your body, it may last longer. But it's scary to think, what if this, it's the same as anger for me. What if this is it? What if this, I'm a depressed person now and I can't get out of bed and years go by and I still can't get out of bed. That's a fear that I had. It, and it's a real fear. It's, it's valid. But I think, you know, there's a couple things that you mentioned. We need to honor those feelings. Mm, yeah. Not, you know, so good. ignore it or push it aside or say there's, you know, I'm stronger than being depressed or, you know, I think we have these misconceptions about who we are and different uh, challenges that we all exist. And this is part of the process. Mm-hmm. We learn from it if we allow it. You know, I think I have fought, I fought against and pushed against some of these things far too long because I didn't, one, I didn't understand what I was feeling. Two, I wasn't really wet, ready to face it and to look yeah. at it. And, you know, there were all these things, but what I've come to realize I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. There are so many of us who struggle with anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. clinically or situationally. Exactly. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, if we have a broken arm, what do we do? We get help. We get it fixed. And we put a cast on it so it doesn't and move. We just it. sit. Yeah. Just sit and rest. Take a break. Yeah. Give yourself the chance to heal. There is no timeline. I think that's, you know, I think so often I just, I asked, how long is this going to last? And I was in the middle of it because I was scared. I was scared. And I thought, because I didn't want to be just like you. I didn't want to be that person the rest of my life. And there really wasn't an answer, but you're so, you know, right on when you say, honor your body, rest, do those mm-hmm. things. And there were days that I, I didn't do anything really. Mm-hmm. You know, I laid around, watched me, whatever I needed to take care of myself. You know, mm-hmm. I gratefully, you know, still was able to function and take care of my children and do those things mm-hmm. that needed to be done. They were not neglected. And, but we have to honor, honor those feelings. And, And I also learned that there are things we can do to help ourselves. You know, you don't want to stay, just like you said, in that, that fetal position for years and years. Um, And it is, you know, getting help, seeking someone. I had no idea. I started taking these supplements a couple of years ago that helped heal my gut, you know, blood sugar Mm -hmm. balance, gut health and inflammation. And I remember about six weeks into taking these and I called a friend that was a nurse practitioner. And I said, why am I happier? (laughs) She starts laughing. And she said, because, you know, 80% of your serotonin is created in your gut. And so as you're healing your gut, you're able to deal with the anxiety and the stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trauma. You know, all these things causes our body to go out of alignment. And so it was a way to take care of myself 
and to nurture myself mm-hmm. that I didn't know that's what I was doing, but I gave my body what it needed, which then allowed the chemicals to be produced to help me in that process of healing. Yeah. So um, all great stuff. What's after anxiety and depression? Um, so then we have acceptance. Okay. This happened. And I've got to just know that this is my life. This happened and I need to just pick up the pieces and move on. Like, this is it. I just, you know, like that's kind of the, how long (laughs) are there Mm -hmm. days that you ever think, did this really happen? Yeah. I I mean, now I'm years, years out of it. Um, the marriage anyway. And I just think, gosh, when I, when I speak out loud about what has happened and I say out loud, what, what happened to me, I just think it doesn't feel like my life like that, you know, cause I'm right. removed from it, but right. I think it took me about a year to get to the acceptance point. And so I knew I wanted to get married again and I knew I wanted to date again, but I did not want to date while I was going through this grieving process. I knew that that was not healthy for me. Right. Um, I dabbled in dating a little bit, but I mean, as far as a relationship or anything that was meaningful or progressive, I didn't really have interest in it because it wouldn't have been fair. <laughs> it wouldn't have been, but you needed to heal. You yeah. needed to go in this having healed because you don't want to get in the same situation. Yeah. I, I, I want to yeah. healed to a degree. You know, how do we, I don't know. There's safety in healing. There is. Yeah. With that. I knew, I knew I wanted my marriage to be different than my previous one that I had been in. And I knew that, um, not that I take responsibility for his actions, but there were things um, and behaviors that I needed to correct and change. I needed to have boundaries. I needed to not enable. I needed to be a stronger version of myself to bring to the table for marriage. And I knew that. So I needed to work through all of these things to become that person, to be able to know I can have something really great to offer somebody. It's amazing to find that value back again. It took that Mm-hmm. That healing and and that patience. I mean, I know that you wanted, you know, those things to happen, and you probably wanted to happen sooner and quicker. Mm-hmm. You were wise. You were so wise to wait. So when you talk about acceptance and um, that brings up things for me that you know it took a long time to accept. I could accept different pieces, mm-hmm. but I didn't know if I could accept certain things of, of the trauma um, mm-hmm. because I wasn't that confident in who I was. I still felt like some of those things were my fault and I didn't understand. I didn't have that understanding and that healing. Um, I, for, for me, you know, I knew certain things had happened Um, but I didn't remember everything off the bat. And for me, that was a gift because I know I couldn't have handled it all if it just would have come flooding in at once. For you, um, 
I think it was a little different where you woke up and you had this complete memory mm -hmm. of everything. Um, yeah, I was a senior in high school when I when I uh, remembered all of the detail or all remembered that I was sexually abused. That's um, and it happened when I was ten. So I yeah, I had all of those memories to deal and work through and. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. And there's things, friends, we can't plan when these things pop into our head. Something will happen and it will trigger you. And it will be a memory. And I think for most of us, it's that it's either an aha where that makes sense to why you've reacted to certain things throughout your life. Or it's that, you know, fear of, oh, no. What does this mean at the same time? But I promise you, it's not made up. I don't think, I mean, and I think we've all heard different things and it, 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 about people and wondering if they made certain things up, but why? Why would you want to put yourself through the trauma of trying to figure out who you are? Mm -hmm. and, and that pain. And, and so be wise, but give yourself a break. I look at that time of healing and um, in my life and I'm very grateful and appreciative for it. So back to our grieving. Have you found that different things have made you that you've needed to grieve over different things that you didn't, didn't tie to your abuse? Yes. Um, I mean, specifically, specifically the uh, physical abuse I thought was going to be the hardest, um, the like deepest trauma. And it wasn't, I, I wasn't as emotionally wounded. It, it surprised me how, how much the verbal and emotional abuse was harder to heal from than the physical abuse. Why would you say that? I mean, I get it. I totally agree with you, but I want to hear what you, why you think that that is the case. Well, I mean, the physical abuse, our body has a system already set up to heal from the bruises, right? So the bruises are gone and, and the emotional scars that are left behind, there's not really, it's a system requiring action and, and movement and progression and all of those things and continual progression that, yeah, it just, it requires more and the wounds are, are deeper. I feel very deeply and my wounds are very deep when I'm hurt. So, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. You know, I, um, last time we touched base just a little bit on, on those scars, on those wounds and how we look at our scars and our wounds and, I, it was such a healing process for me when I, when I understood this and learned it. And I know you have taught, taught about, uh, Kintsuchi and, and this beautiful pottery and art and how those broken pieces, when it's put back together is, you know, more valuable. Mm -hmm. And I, I began relating it to my life and how I thought my scars made me less than. And and how I wanted to hide those scars from from others, just you know, seeing them because I was worried about what they would think, or you know, would they 
all the things, all the mind games that go with it. And then I remembered my son's scars and he was so proud of his scars. And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. why, why, what was the difference between his scars and my scars? They both represent overcoming. They both represent something that we, you know, we have gone through a challenge, you know, something that wasn't easy. But when I began to realize with that art, it was the art that clicked in my head when all of a sudden I saw this beautiful piece of pottery and the beauty for me increased when I saw this gold that pieced it back together. Yeah. So Kintsugi is, it's a Japanese art form that you, that you piece together a broken piece of pottery with gold resin so that the, the cracks stand out. So they're visible and they're even, they add character and the bowl becomes even more beautiful and more valuable than it was before. And it, if you go through these, the grieving process properly, if you heal properly, then that is the resin, the gold, beautiful resin that's going to hold you together and you will shine and you will become more valuable and you will become more beautiful than you were before and have so much more to offer visually and internally. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. And I look at that and, you know, we've talked a lot about God and how we don't feel like, you know, he caused this to happen, Mm -hmm. but he allowed, he allowed it or he's allowed me Mm -hmm. to grow from it, to become more beautiful, to have this depth to me that, that now I'm not ashamed of. Mm-hmm. I think that was all part of that grieving process for me to go through and realize I have nothing to be be ashamed of. No. But it took yeah. a long time for me to to recognize that parts and pieces along the way I learned and um and it was beautiful to see that and to have that aha moment in my life made all the difference in the world. Um you know, part of the grieving process, they've added another pro- another step to it recently. And it's finding the meaning, finding the meaning in that trauma, in that grieving. And for me, you know, I really found it through this process of this beautiful Japanese art mm-hmm. and realizing that, you know what, I can help. I can help others fly. I can help others on their journey. And, and so finding that meaning within because of the process I've gone through has made all the difference in the world. And, and I know that everybody can do that. I, uh, I've come to conclude that if there wasn't a purpose or a reason for this happening, I was going to make one. There had to be, there has to be purpose. I have to create purpose to this. Otherwise it's in vain. And the suffering was for not, you know, and, and that's kind of the, the realization that I came to. So friends, you know, on that note, um, find a purpose. What is the purpose of your suffering? Because that's, you know, 
you don't want it for naught. Just like Annie said, there are things that you can learn. There is meaning in all of the things that we experience. And our experiences are life's greatest teachers. Is there anything you want to conclude with, Annie, before we we end this uh, episode? Just that, just as I came to the realization that I can fly, I know that all of you can fly and our flights look different and our destinations are different. But I know that there is growth in you so much so that you can have that freeing feeling of flying. So keep going on your healing journey and keep working towards all of these things. It's worth it. And you're worth it. Thank you. Um, We all can fly. I know that too. I know that I've felt there's a difference in feeling um, weighed down, tied down, you know, feeling just the, the weight of the pain and the suffering to the freedom of flying, whether it's, you know, for me, I, I have this, this beautiful picture to remind me of the butterfly. And it just reminds me that, you know, the butterfly had to go through a lot of challenges and suffering, if you will, to become as beautiful and to achieve that beauty. And so, um, I just want to, this is going to sound weird, but in my head, it just came out. We love you. Mm-hmm. We understand um, your pain, your suffering, your sorrow, and you're not alone. So take care of yourself. Take care of your health, your emotions, your finances, and most important, take care of each other. Mm-hmm.